Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Britt. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. How's your good. week been so far? It's been great. Yeah, I'm having a good week, ready for the holiday weekend. It's been a really good week so far. What about you? Same, same, same. Ready for the holiday weekend too. This will be after the holiday weekend. This is when it'll be released. So people are probably like, I'm ready for another holiday weekend too. What are you guys even (laughs) talking about? Are you on Canadian holidays? Every other Monday off or what? Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, Well, we'll have 4th of July right around the corner, something to look forward to. But it's an exciting week with clients. We have a lot of clients at different discovery days or confirmation days this week. So it's just at that stage for them where they're trying to finalize everything. And, you know, a big piece of my conversations right now are just surrounding funding. I don't know about you, but that's what a lot of my calls are with clients. Yeah, money, 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 money is a lot of the conversation too. Everything from where to get it, what's the best, you know, what's the best way to secure financing? Do I need financing at all if I have my own personal capital, you know, non-traditional lending routes? I just feel like uh, candidates really have many more options right now than they did even two to three years ago. I think there's so many more things on the table that our partners are really helpful with that they just didn't have access to. And I think there's a lot more in terms of education and, you know, education for us on really what should we help our clients consider as opportunities that they can actually afford without feeling stretched. I think there's lots of education opportunities that, you know, our funding partners provide for our clients too. webinars that they can attend, pamphlets, questionnaires they can fill out. So I feel like especially the guests that we'll have on today, he's done a great job of, of educating you and I and our clients on what are their best routes and how do they feel confident in moving forward with a brand from a funding perspective? Absolutely. And I do think that funding and money and lending can be such a taboo topic. I think that there's a lot of times where we're talking to a client and you can almost feel them tighten up. It's almost like the room gets smaller when we start to talk about funding. And I just, I think that our guest today, this is a really great chance to introduce him, does such a good job of really just lightening the conversation, walking people through what's best for them. And really, like you said, educating so much on what their options are and what is going to work for them in their particular business. So I am very, very excited to introduce Eric Schechterman, Chief Development Officer at Benetrends. Hello. Thank you for having me, you two. Great to speak to you guys today and your audience. Uh, always looking forward to this. Thank you so much. We're thrilled to have you on. You've been a really good friend to us as we launched our consulting practice, just giving us advice and supporting us in any way that you can. We'd love to have you kick off with your background. You've been around franchising for a very long time. So anything that you're willing to share with us about your background to start. 
Yeah, I'd love to. It's it's kind of fun because I, I think my background is similar to what a lot of people go through when they're looking at franchises. You know, I spent my first 10 years out of college working in traditional corporate, worked for a company named Cintas Corporation, the uniform company, selling glamorous products like Max Mops, toilet paper and uniforms. And uh, after moving seven times in three years for different uh, opportunities, a, a recruiter friend of mine said, hey, there's this company, Benetrends, looking for a sales manager and they work within franchising. And um, oh, and they help people use retirement funds to fund their business. So first, when I walked into the interview, I thought I was walking into a sting operation for the FBI. And then and then I actually took the job and I went to my, you know, I thought franchising was McDonald's, Burger King, Pizza Hut, pretty much all the places I ate at, unfortunately. And uh, I went to my first franchise show and was just blown away. It's now been since a little over 11 years that I've been within the space and you know, on the funding side, you just get to see so many amazing things from emerging brands to established brands to different strategies. I get asked all the time, what do you think about this? And I said, listen, I, I've seen brands where I was like, this is a can't miss. And I was completely wrong. And then ones where I'm like, are you really calling this a business? And those people make money hand over fist. So I just love it. I, you guys probably know this from working with me. Like I, I like most in our industry, I, I, at this point I bleed franchising. I believe franchising is a shield that I love to protect and be a part of. I love that funding's a part of it, but the education side is just so important because there's so much different perceptions versus realities in our world uh, that I love. So yeah, that's been my background. And, uh, I, I would not change a thing. And probably like most of your other guests, I would say I will never go anywhere else except the franchising world. I love it. So you work for Benetrends and Benetrends is synonymous with funding. I mean, it's like a Bank of America type name if you've been in franchising at all. But for typical people listening to this outside of the franchise world, it isn't a household name necessarily. So tell us what is Benetrends? And then what services do you guys offer? How do you help the clients that we deal with? Uh, it's a great point you made there because, you know, like all, we'll have this holiday weekend where we're with friends and family. And Eric, what do you do? And I say, I work for Benetrends. And someone's like, never heard of them. And then you tell them they're in franchising. And they'll say, oh, what about Chick-fil-A or something else like that? And then you explain what we actually do. So Benetrends is a fascinating story. So uh, Len Fisher, the founder of Benetrends, uh, spent most of his career as a tax attorney, one of the top ERISA retirement tax brains in the country. And back in the early 80s, the story changes a little bit on the exact details, but essentially a client of his said, Len, you're one of the smartest guys I've ever met when it comes to taxes and retirement plans. I've got all this money sitting here in a retirement account. You've got to be able to give me access to this so I can go and buy a business, buy a franchise. And, uh, you know, like most good attorneys, Len believes the law is a living, breathing thing and went and looked at all tax codes and tax laws and came up with a little bit of a structure, which I'm sure we'll get into that he did it for that client and then did it for another and then another and still had his tax business. And after a handful of years of testing things with the IRS, different organizations, seeing that it worked, 
you know, he was like, wow, I think I've got something here. And, uh, you know, fast forward about 10 years later from that point, probably the next big aspect was he started Benetrend. So it was about in the 1983 period where he officially started it. Um, and then it was around the early 90s where somebody said, you need to take this to this world called franchising. And the story goes, he literally bought a booth at a franchise show and put up a sign saying, use retirement funds to buy a business. And man, you fast forward 40 plus years later, we've got over 120 employees in our offices in uh, Northeast Pennsylvania. We've funded over 20,000 entrepreneurs and we've added stuff from helping people get SBA loans. Um, accessing retirement funds, even setting up retirement plans and exit strategies or insurance needs for a small business. And all of that has really been spent within the franchise space. It's just such a great space to be. We love working with partners and organizations. It really has been a really fun spot um, and, and such a great uh, you know, story of entrepreneurship from just Lens side to then be living in a world of entrepreneurship on the franchise side. So yeah, we, we love what we do and uh, we spend most of that time working within the franchise space. What a cool story of somebody that totally pioneered just the idea of, of being able to use retirement funds to fund a business and to think that was only in the eighties, right? I mean, it wasn't that yeah. long ago. And now look at where you are. Um, you know, one piece you haven't mentioned yet that Sam and I want to make sure that we cover today is Benetrends recently made a major acquisition. So can you tell us about that piece, how you continue to add value to clients? Yeah, we've had a nice uh, early, uh, you know, some some good news over the last few months. Um, one, there's the obviously uh, the International Franchise Association, which is essentially like the governing body of the franchise world. Uh, they selected Benetrends as their preferred provider for rollover funding, which we were very happy to do because they really focus on the education and protection of franchising. And in the midst of that, um, we we've really, you know, you said so many things change over time. I mean, when I started, an SBA loan was sort of like an add-on. We didn't even do them. We didn't get involved. Uh, and then over time, as it became in more demand, we added our own department that helped people get pre-qualified and secure SBA loans. But your ability in that space is really only as good as the access to a network of lenders throughout the country that have appetites for those loans. Um, and over time, we've had a group that we've worked with for many years called uh, Direct Connect Ventures, DCV Franchise Group. And I sort of got tired of looking at deals and saying, I don't think we can do this, but I know DCV can. So in true uh, entrepreneurship fashion, Len said, well, why don't we just buy them? So uh, we, uh, we went through that whole process. Uh, definitely didn't start recently, just ended. But yes, we made the acquisition of the DCV group and now have added not only their team, their access to, to, to lenders, but what they also really help with is um, there's a lot of little twists and turns to the SBA world and they will actually provide the business plan, do the projections um, and really work with all of the candidates through that process as they're going through that whole homework phase of securing an SBA loan. That is invaluable to the client. And I think anybody that's ever done an SBA loan probably heard that and was like, wow, because 
that is so tedious. It is paperwork intensive <laughs> to have anytime you deal with the government, it's paperwork intensive. So I think all of the help and all the tools there, I mean, kudos to you guys for recognizing that you needed help there and bringing in the best of the best. So you're really good at giving advice, Eric, and I've, I've reached out to you as we launched our firm. And then also when I was on the development side, just to pick your brain, give our listeners a little bit of advice here. When should they start exploring funding options? Is there such a thing as too early? What point of the process do you think that they should start exploring funding? And then what should they anticipate as they talk to people at Benetrends about that? Such a great question. And there's no such thing as too early. There's only too late in my world. Um, as much as small business funding and franchise funding is very different than buying a home, I still reference that experience quite often. What do you do when you want to maybe buy a house? You get pre-qualified for the mortgage. You figure out what you can afford and you know what neighborhood to be shopping in. Same thing on the small business side. You would be amazed of, forget even just knowing what somebody can do, is it even expanding their horizon of realizing, oh, wait a minute, I can do something that's in this range. I thought I could only get to this area. So early as often is always the best. There's no such thing in our world of uh, you know, taking up too much time of our reps. That's what we love to do. So really engaging as early as possible because something I'm sure that we're going to cover is not only the amazing options that are available today, um, but it's also a lot of, I always say it's very similar to what you all deal with with your franchise candidates. The perception of what a franchise is and what I need to do as an owner versus what the franchise delivers as a product. I always say, don't worry about what the business does, worry about what the owner does. In the funding world, there's so much perception versus reality. And my number one advice would be get all of the options. Doesn't mean you have to use them, but get involved early. Learn about all of your options and take away some of the emotion and perception tied to certain things. Because when you limit yourself, it really just doesn't make a lot of sense. So yeah, I, I would say as early as possible. And the best advice, it would just be, I mean, it costs you nothing to speak to somebody at Benetrends to find out what can I get on an SBA loan? How could I use other assets? How does the home play into it? All these different things. So um, if my reps complain about that, you let me know. That's their job. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've kind of leaned in a little bit on a few things. And I would love if you would just walk us through quickly the options that Benetrends has for funding. And then you are brutally honest with my clients. And sometimes you will just tell them, hey, I wouldn't use any of these options looking at your financial portfolio. You know, there's other options outside of this. So could you just walk us briefly through what you guys have to offer clients? Because a lot of it feels abstract when you start to go down the list for sure. Sure. And, and you know what? It, it'll remain that for a little bit because number one, I would say we're a funding navigator. And sometimes where you end up landing for your funding option is something you might not need Benetrends for, but something we've always prided ourselves on is we're never going to let what benefits us most get in the way of what benefits the client most. But 
directly at Benetrends, obviously with Len being the original architect of that rollover funding strategy. That is one of our primary products where we do help people assess their options of how to utilize retirement funds without paying any tax or penalty in order to fund a business. And we deploy that product pretty much for every step of the way. So uh, that makes up a big chunk of our business and our services that we provide. Um, we also, as I mentioned with our team and the recent acquisition of DCV, um, I know they don't always love this title of a loan broker, but it does easily explain what we do. I always more say it's more of like what the two of you do. While you're matching people to the opportunities that are available to them within franchising, our job is to then to go match those opportunities to the banks that we know have an appetite for that loan because not every bank's the same. Some like chocolate, some like vanilla. So our job is to match those deals to the lenders that have that appetite. And then of, I would say that probably makes up the core of what we do, but it doesn't uh, preclude us from talking to clients about how does a home equity line of credit play in? How can you leverage a stock portfolio? And if people need resources for that, we can direct them there. But it's not something that I would say we are directly involved in, but we're happy to talk about all of those different strategies. Um, and then, of course, we can support people from other business services, such as retirement plan design or payroll or insurance. But the, the elephant in the Benetrends room is the rollover in the SBA, to be candid. Those are really important pieces. You know, I have a lot of clients that say two things to me. They say, I don't even know what I'm going to buy yet. So why do I want to talk to funding? So I love that you kind of myth bust that. And then the second thing that I hear is I've got a great relationship with my local bank. That is one of my favorite lines that I hear every time. But you made a really good point of some banks like chocolate, some lenders like vanilla. And so I think explaining to our listeners that you're going out and finding the best option for them is so much more valuable than just immediately turning to that local bank. Because from my experience, a lot of times they don't understand franchise funding. Yeah, it's such a great question. And if you get that a lot, you can only imagine what we get in our world. Um, <laughs> not to be harsh, but what I'll say to a client, I'm glad that you've had your personal banking relationship for the last 20 years. None of that relates to a business or commercial banking relationship. And what's fascinating in my world, which is frustrating, but great because it creates more need for what we do, is different than other forms of funding. The small business lending world of the banks are very, very siloed. Some, as I mentioned, when I say chocolate and vanilla, that's a, I wish it was just that. You would be amazed how specific the appetites of lenders are. So if I'm a mortgage provider, I can fund a $200,000 home or a million dollar home. It's a house either way. In the small business lending world, some lenders are not SBA lenders. Not every SBA lender does franchising. Not every SBA lender that does franchising does the first location. Not everyone that does the first location does brick and mortar. Not everyone that does brick and mortar does specific industries. I'll summarize this with the phone calls that we get because we get called by banks all the time saying, we'd like to be part of the inventory of lenders that you work with. Eric, we're looking for brick and mortar opportunities in these five business categories in an investment range between $300,000 to $500,000 in these 15 states. Like, it's literally that specific. Um, and it doesn't 
mean it's wrong. It it actually makes it easier to know this is exactly where we need to go, but it makes it tougher for that end user that just assumes a bank is a bank and I can walk in anywhere. And what I've seen too many times, people go on their own and when they get told no, they think it's a reflection of the opportunity that they're looking at. And really, you just went to the wrong bank. It has nothing to do with it. I have 50 banks I can send one project to and send that same project to another 50 banks that are going to say no to it. And it has nothing to do with the strength of the business, the strength of the borrower. It just doesn't match their appetite. And the last part I would mention with this is people don't realize how many lenders are out there. It's not there's Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Um, if you looked at the list of the top 100 lenders in SBA funds for the current fiscal year, you would think 70% of the names of the lenders are made up. I mean, literally, it looks like they are just, they have very specific appetites. And I'm talking banks that have done over 300 million in loans this year that just would never be the up and down the street names that you do your personal banking with. And the names that we do know, I would tell you, don't play a lot in the franchise world. They'll be there for when you need number three, number four, five, and you're ready to do the million dollar plus loan. I got all the banks for that. But the ones that have that specific appetite are great. They have great options, but you've got to know where to go. Knowing where to go is, I think, the whole battle for our clients. And I think that's such a good point that we don't talk about enough. And I don't even know if Brittany and I have addressed in our partner meetings, which is if a bank tells you no, the client's immediate reaction is, either I'm financially very strong. So what's going on there? Or two, it must be the business. There's got to be something with that business. And a lot of times the franchise purchasing process is emotional, especially towards the end. A lot of fear. There's a lot of stuff coming up. And so to have a bank tell you no, that can be a real blow to your confidence and your ability to grow and scale a business. So I think it's really important for people to take that from this, that you need to work with experts that know how to shop that loan around, that understand the appetite of a particular bank so that they can make that happen for you. If you've already made the decision that that's what you want to do and get a pre-qualification ahead of time, even if you don't know the business, <laughs> that's a big one as well. So we, Brittany and I are, are a little bit of Bravo fans, reality TV lovers. Eric, we like to get the juicy scoop. So to take a pivot away from the hard analytics and loans, we want to know what is your funding horror story? What's one that sticks out? We don't need the names. We don't need to know anything like that. But we just want to know so our clients that listen to this can say, yeah, that's what I'm not going to do. We want to know. Give us, Give us your juicy scoop here. Well, I am a big, uh, usually I say my wife had Bravo on. I was just in the same room, but no, you give me any below deck season. You give me anything like this. I I'm dialed in a thousand percent. Every housewives, I don't even, not even afraid to talk about it. So <laughs> um, we could have a whole other podcast on that. But, um, you know, in my world, a lot of it relates to the perception and the reality of things. And I mean, picking one, what I always try to avoid is, when you're looking at the SBA world and you're looking at buying franchise, especially a lot of these candidates that see such a great opportunity and decide, I want to go 
all in. I want to get multiple licenses. I want to get a whole geographic area. And it's a brick and mortar business. I will tell you three things matter most to a bank when looking at a candidate for any type of lending opportunity. Liquidity. Liquidity. And I'm hoping your listeners can guess the third. Liquidity. And one of the confusing parts is when you're doing a brick and mortar business with an SBA loan and I buy three locations of a business, in the eyes of the bank, each location is its own business. And the SBA only funds one business at a time. So most people think, oh, well, I'm going to go and get a $1.2 million loan to go open three XYZ businesses. And they don't realize that, no, you're going to go get one loan at a time. And unfortunately, it's not somebody that started with us, but I've met people late in their funding lives, that too late scenario, that say, well, I paid three license fees for this for you know $120,000. And my first project is $400,000. So the first project, the bank says we're going to fund, call it 70 to 80%. So they're going to give them a loan for 300000 and then the other amount for the project, that other hundred is what's coming from the borrower, which can include franchise fees, but only the franchise fee for that business. So the candidate says, well, I already paid my $130,000 in franchise fees, so I already hit my equity injection. And the bank says, well, no, you can only count you know, 60 of that first one for that first location towards your equity injection. So now they have to put in an additional 40. That 40 is what they had left over as their leftover liquid and money to live off of. So now once they would inject that, banks said they're not even a good lending candidate anymore. And now you've got somebody that's the proud owner of three licenses and no locations. So that goes all the way back to why it's so important to start early because they really weren't wrong. They figured I'm putting in an amount of my own and going to get a loan for the rest, but not fully understanding how things can change. So those are more of the nightmare scenarios that not only we try to coach candidates out of, but coach franchise brands of how to assess the financial capabilities of candidates when looking at single unit, service-based, multi-unit what type of runway they need to have. Because part of what we do is just educating brands on what they should be looking for. And then the third piece is educating us too, right? To not put brands in front of clients that they really can't afford. Because I think the big thing that, that we've learned over the years in our time is net worth is not all created equally. I mean, I love that you said liquidity, liquidity, liquidity. Because of someone with a million dollar net worth and all their money is tied up in assets that they can access is very different than someone who's extremely liquid. Um, so you made a couple of really great points there. So I want to go back to just franchising as a whole. You, like about everybody else, just kind of fell into franchising. But now that you're in, you can't get out. None of us are leaving. Tell us what's your personal compelling reason for staying in the franchise industry? Whew, 
man, that is a great question. I'll, I'll give the first cheesy part of the people that you meet within this space. Um, not only do I feel like I'm speaking to to the top consultants in the country that we love working with, I also feel like I'm speaking to like if I needed to vent about a family situation or a friend or ask advice. Um, there's just that whole people within franchising that I can call upon, and I, you really feel like you're working with friends. We've always heard that uh, that crazy story. This is your family, uh, the franchise family. So I love that, but I love working with the candidates and I know it's something that's thrown around and I don't know if I love the language of helping people accomplish their dreams, but I do love helping people take control of what happens next in their life. I'd rather put it that way of when we get to work with somebody and uh, I'm working on a testimonial video right now with a client that got laid off of after 20 years used his 401k from his previous employer, funded it without any tax penalty or debt, built it up. And now five years later is literally selling the business for four times what he bought it for and never took a loan, never did this or that. And I mean, to me, we're all going to have our bad days and bad scenarios. And when you're managing sales reps, sometimes you feel like a professional babysitter that's the stuff that kind of gets me through it. Um, and it really is just fun. But I would say the family part first. I mean, we had a longtime team member um, on our team that unfortunately passed away earlier in the year. His name was Steve Stovall. And I mean, people would say, Steve, you're not married. You don't have kids. You know, where's your family? And he would say, my family's everywhere in franchising. It really was his family. And I've always believed in that. And I think the reason we all are a family is we really all enjoy seeing people that didn't know this business existed and this funding option existed and putting those together to give them something they work on with their kids or they can take control of their future. I, I, it really, it really is a lot of fun. It, and it is a family. I, I do. And it does sound cheesy and it does, you know, you say like helping people achieve dreams and, I mean, you're funding fairy tales, Eric. That's what, I mean, if you wanted to get a woo-woo title, change it from, from CDO to Eric Schechterman funding fairy tales. That's, that's very California of me. So <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't jive with the East Coast mentality there. But you are, I mean, really, truly, you guys are so elite and at the top of, of what you do and just such fantastic partners to the rest of us in your Fran family. I would love to hear a piece of advice from you. So just for our listeners, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Remove all emotion. <laughs> Um, it, it, I mean, at least in my world, emotion can get in the way of a lot of good decisions, a lot of good decisions from family to friends, to business, to the corporate world, to looking and evaluating a franchise opportunity, to looking and evaluating your financing options. The amount of errors that I've seen in most of my life usually are tied more back to an emotional decision than something that was based off of data, 
evidence and actual results. And I know it sounds easy to say, but it really does come down to the more you can remove emotion from a scenario. And I listen, I've learned this in my career. My my mentor in sales management said, you know, you need to be less emotional. You know, you love your people, you do this, you do that. But, um, and ever since then, whenever I work with a tough scenario, I never raise my voice. I never curse. I never do this. And it actually has more of an effect than when you the other way, because people say, oh, he's just emotional. When you take the emotion out, it's kind of more jarring. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve so everyone knows I am an emotional person, but I think when it comes to decisions um, with all of the information that's available in the world today and all of the options, the more you can just sit back and so something I do or I tell people to do when you're looking at options, take the names away, especially on the funding side. Don't write down SBA loan. Don't write down using retirement funds. Don't write down home equity. Write down, here's how much I can get. Here's how much it costs. Here's the interest. Here's how long it's going to take. And you'd be amazed of how things get ranked when you do it that way versus the other way around. That is really really good advice. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That's the first time we've had anything close to that. My dad was a was an army ranger and used to tell me that growing up. And it is true when you said, I stopped yelling. I will say that nobody raised their voice to me until I was in sixth grade. And I was like so shocked when that happened because my dad would always just say, that is it. This is what it is. And it is, it is absolutely so much more effective than yelling, screaming, stomping your foot, or getting overly passionate about something that doesn't deserve it. So really appreciate that and appreciate all of the insight today. Just so much information on funding and life and franchising. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Eric. Now, it's my pleasure. And uh, I like that you use that example of the the military person. Um, It probably goes without saying, we know in our world, Franchising loves veterans and wishes more would be able to buy franchises because they spent their life making life or death decisions. And you don't make those decisions based off of emotion. It's here's where the enemy is. Here's where they are not. Here's how we can succeed. And they follow a playbook. And I mean, really from franchising, my wife's going to argue and say, Eric, I don't see that part of you as often as I'd like. I probably have more of the emotional side, but Really, when it comes to this world of looking at what is an SBA loan really and and understanding that your home might be used as collateral. So if you're going to need it for collateral on the SBA loan, maybe it makes sense to use it on a home equity side. Most people would say, I'm never going to use my retirement funds. Those are my retirement funds. And then they realize it's liquid. It's pre-tax liquid. I can use the liquid I have in my checking account I've already paid taxes on, or I could pay use the liquid that's pre-tax. And you know what I've always loved is the, well, Eric, if I were to use the retirement funds and the business fails and the money's gone, then I've lost my retirement funds. And we talk about emotion. And I say in 11 years, I've actually come up with a good response to that question, actually. And the answer I usually give is, yes, you're 1000% correct. If you use this money, and the business fails and you've spent it all, the money's gone. And in a vacuum, not the greatest scenario. 
And then I'll usually say, but if you're aware of some other funds that you have access to that you get to use for a business, spend it all and it doesn't work that you get that money back. Please let me know. I will make it the Benetrends flagship product tomorrow. And then what's fascinating about the retirement side, because of that emotion, I would say 95% of what our team does on the retirement side is getting over the emotion tied to retirement funds. And then it, what's amazing, I would never give too many, too much credit to an accountant, but an accountant was on the phone with me and a candidate and he took care of it for me. And he said, Eric, so let me get this straight. If my candidate uses these retirement funds and the business fails, the government pretty much absorbed 30% of his losses. And I said, hold on, let's back up a second and unpack that for me. And he said, well, even if he waits to the age of 59 and a half to pull the money out, he was still going to pay taxes on that money one day. If he uses it now through this rollover structure and it, God forbid it gets lost, 30% of that one day was going to be the government's anyway. He just lost that money pre-tax. And then he said, this is the cheapest way to fail. And I said, whoa, hold on. Let's not make this the Benetrends tagline anytime soon. But again, it's a very, it was a perfect example of let's properly look at things. And there's nothing more emotional than buying a business, considering a home, considering retirement funds. And in our world, we have all that in one blender. So take some time, take, take the, get the right information and try to remove that emotion a little bit. What perfect advice. I really like that. And you gave so much good wisdom today. So thank you for sharing with us your story and all that Benetrends has to offer. And we appreciate your time today. Now it's my pleasure. And you guys want to talk about the uh, below deck season or Real Housewives, give me a call right after. I love it. We will. We'll have you on for a recap of Sailing Yacht and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> My pleasure. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting. Or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm -hmm.